Well, I heard that home builders had a bet going this morning that I wouldn't be wearing a tie. And so if you bet on no tie, the people that bet you that I would, well, they owe you some money. I wore one two weeks ago. Isn't that good enough? Probably not for some. Sorry about that. Well, a couple things before we dive into our text this morning. First, um, if you'll think back to September, uh, in September we did this big event called uh, the Back to School Sunday. And we really made it a, an opportunity to invite those that we know um, that need encouragement, that need to be a part of the body of Christ. And, uh, and we also use it as a time to pray over students and teachers and faculty. And it was a great and wonderful day, and we had uh, many, many people here. We had a great meal together, and uh, just a wonderful day. And so we've decided we're going to do that again, and we're going to do it in January. So on January 12th, Sunday, January 12th, we're going to have a Sunday, a Friends Day is what we're calling it. But the theme of that day, and also the theme of our year this next year, will be the ideal of renewal. This idea of renewal. No matter where you are in your life, whether you're someone who doesn't know Christ or you're someone who's followed him all of your life, there always comes that point where we need renewal and we need to be renewed. And so, uh, Sunday, January 12th, be thinking about someone in your life that you know that needs to know Christ or needs to be a part of the church family here and invite them. Uh, make this a great, or take hold of this great opportunity. Uh, and so that Sunday we'll have uh, a great meal together again. Uh, I don't, it's not Carmen's enchiladas. Is that February? Oops, I probably spoke too soon. Um, Carmen, can you make enchiladas that day? Um, <coughs> for like 600, it's cool. Um, <laughs> we'll have great food one way or the other that day. And so please make plans to be here that day and to invite someone that we all may be a part of the renewal, that work that God is doing within us. Also, don't forget the Christmas pageant tonight. Be here at 6. Uh, the kids have been practicing. Jackie and all of her team have been doing a wonderful, wonderful job, and so you won't want to miss that. Um, we'll have dessert afterwards as long as you bring it, and then uh, we'll have a great time together. I always love it when we ask you guys to come and do something, and then we ask you to bring something. It's a lot of fun, right? Um, so bring your best dessert to the party tonight, and we'll all enjoy it together. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to look at a parable that... While it may not be as widely known in our culture and in our world as something like the prodigal son, uh, it is pretty prominent in the church. And so go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 25, and we'll be there in just a few moments. Um, before that, though, think about this. When was a time you were trusted with something important? Now, I'm not meaning like in the last week or two, but I want you to really think back. When was a time you were trusted with something important? Maybe think way back. Back in the day when you were a kid and you got that one thing, that one responsibility that you didn't think you could handle but you tried anyway, when was the time you were really trusted with something important? For me, I think about second grade. Second grade, I started going to a different school. I went to Green Country Christian Academy, which turned into Wright Christian Academy, where we stayed on our Tulsa mission trip this past summer. So it was cool to go back there and um, I think everybody got tired of me going, and that's where I had this class. Nobody liked that. I don't understand. But in second grade, we did this big play, and uh, it was called Take Your Hat Off When the Flag Goes By. Now, I, 
I was going to be a part of it. It was all about the Constitution and all this stuff, and, and there was a big chorus, and they asked me if I would have a speaking part in that. I was new to the school. I didn't really know a lot of people, and I got to tell you, I was a little bit nervous, but if you ask me um, what are the words to the preamble of the Constitution, I can sing it to you, so please don't ask me to do that later today. <laughs> now I've set myself up for failure, haven't I? But I remember um, being really nervous about it because I felt like that was a big responsibility. I had lines, and I, I was going to sing these songs, and, and it was fun, but, but I was nervous about it. And I remember thinking, I've got to do my best because I've been trusted to do a good job. They could have picked anybody else but they picked me, the goofy red-headed kid. And so, I did my very best. I don't remember the performance itself. I'm pretty sure I rocked it. But uh, it was a day where I, that stands out in my mind as a time when I was trusted. And so what about you? When is a time you've been trusted with something very important? And so with that, let's look at Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to start in verse 14. Now, this translation I have is going to say something different. If you grew up in church or going to Bible class, you probably know this as the parable of the what? Talents, right? This one says something different, and I think it's important. So, follow along with me, if you will, this morning. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned, and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold? See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant! So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him, and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. As a kid, this was always taught as, these are the talents that you have. But for some reason, I always thought about a tablet. But like, like Moses carrying the Ten Commandments down the mountain. I have no idea why I thought that that was the, par- that was the talent that they were talking about, but I did. And so for like two or three years as a kid, I just remember thinking, why are they carrying around these rocks? And why did they think that was so important? But really, this idea of a talent um, really might be translated better as bag of gold. And a couple of things that I read said that this could have equaled between 15 and 20 years worth of day laborer wages. So think about that for a minute. If it's 20 years worth for a bag of gold, and you're the guy that's handed five bags, someone do the math for me real fast, how many? You guys need to like, get your calculator on your watch or something. What do you, what do you say, how many? It's, it's still mixed reviews here. Okay, 20 times 5 equals 100. There you go. Okay, I'm just making sure you're awake this morning. 100 years worth of day laborer's wages. Now, that is a lot of money. I mean a lot. So think about your salary just for a minute, what you make a year. No matter what it is, multiply that times 20, actually times 100, just kidding. See, I'm not good at math. Times 100. Now think about somebody handing you that amount of money and saying, here you go, take hold. I'm trusting you with this. This is not a piddly amount. This is a lifetime's worth of money. Think about even the person that's handed two bags. That's still 40 years worth of salary. That is half a lifetime. You can retire early with that. And even the person with one, if you multiply what you make times 20 and somebody handed you that amount of money, it might make you a little weak in the knees. And so this is what happens. As this master is ready to go out on the journey, he trusts his servants with a tremendous amount of money. Now, the master is very, very wealthy, because if he's trusting these three with this much, then that means he must have a lot more than that, right? And so he trusts these three servants. And something interesting that it says here in verse 16, no, 15, It says, to one he gave five bags, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. The master was aware of his servants and who they were and what they would do. And so he trusts according to their own ability. Now, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the man that receives one bag of gold. You're standing there, and the master is talking. He's giving instructions. And he talks to this first guy, and he says, I'm going to give you five bags of gold, and I want you to take care of it and do well. Well, that's pretty impressive. Then he talks to the person next to you, says, here's two. See what you can do with this. Take care of what I've given you. And then you stand there, and you're looking around, and you're going, well, 100 years worth of money, 40 years worth of money. This is going to be incredible. And he hands you One bag. Now there's a couple of different reactions that you can have in that situation. Maybe you look down the line and you go, now wait a minute. What does this say about me? 
that the master gave this person five and this person two, and he only gives me one. Now, some of us in the audience would feel that way, right? We would look at the situation and go, well, am I not good enough to get this amount? For others of us, he would hand us that bag, and we would be scared out of our minds. This is a great responsibility. But if you're given one bag, would you want to do your best to prove that you're worthy? Or would you feel bad about yourself not getting as much as someone else? Would you want to do your best to prove that you're worthy? Or would you feel bad about not getting as much as someone else? The servants leave. The one with five invests. The one with two invests. But look at verse 18. The man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Why does he go and hide it? Did he watch what everybody else was doing? Did he just really not know? Was he afraid of losing it? Was he afraid of disappointing his master? Maybe it's a little bit of all that. Instead of investing, he digs a hole and decides that the gold is safer in a hole in the ground than with bankers. And the option he has of making more money for the master is gone. I think about the things that I've been given, whether it's the money that I have, the talent that I have, whatever it might be, and I think, what would I do if God trusted me? And then I have to stop and change my question because the fact of the matter is that God trusts each and every one of us with the gifts that he's given. He doesn't give you uh, things that you won't be able to take and use to the glory of his kingdom. No, instead, he trusts you with what he gives you. But instead, maybe we become paralyzed by fear, just like this servant did. Do we freeze up in that moment and not at all act when what God really wants is for us to use what he's given us? Sometimes whenever there's a lot of things happening at work for you or in your family, maybe you do what a lot of us do, and you, you look at the situation, and this pile of work is in front of you, and you decide, nope, not going to do any of it. That is one of the worst reactions that we can have. But you know what? It's easier to watch YouTube than it is to actually do your work. I don't know that from any experience. <clears throat> but it is much easier sometimes when you're faced with a daunting task to look at it and say, I don't know if I can do any of that, and shut down. And maybe that's where this servant lands. That he's so afraid of what might happen if he invests this money that he decides to not do anything at all. We become paralyzed by fear sometimes, thinking about the things that God has given us, and what if we use it to the glory of his kingdom, but what if it doesn't work? Or we look at it and say, what if it does work, and then God continues to give and continues to give, and then I've got to figure out what to do with all this. Wherever we fall, fear is a big thing in our lives. And when we look at the things that God has given us, it's really, really easy for us to doubt that he really trusts us with what he's given us. 
and to go and bury it in a hole in the ground. Look at what happens in verse 19. It says, After a long time, the master returns and settles accounts with them. This is not a 10-day trip that the master takes to the coast. This is a long trip. There's plenty of time for good things to happen with the master's money, with what they're entrusted with. And, and it's not a brief thing, and so there would have been plenty of opportunity. But the master comes back, and he lines these three up, and the first one who had five bags brings them back, and he says, Master, you entrusted me with five. See, I've gained five more. And then the master gives this response to both him and the one with two bags. He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You have been faithful, the master says. Are we faithful with the gifts that God has given us? Not only that, he says, you've been faithful with a few things. Now, wait a minute, this is a large sum of money. This is not a few things. This is a big deal. But maybe with God, he sees our faithfulness as being the big deal, that the numbers don't matter nearly as much as our faithfulness to him does. These two servants share in God's happiness because of their faithfulness in doing what God has called them to do. And then we come to the last servant. Verse 24, the man who had received one bag of gold came. I picture the master standing there, and he's had two really great reports so far. The first person came, doubled his money, doubled a lot of money. And the master sees him, and he hears the report, and everything has been good. And then the second person comes, two bags of gold have been doubled to four. And the master sees that, and he hears that report, and he's excited because his servants are doing what he wanted them to do. And then the last one shows up, and he says, Master, and the master has this big smile on his face, hoping that there will be more good news. He says, Master, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. The master's face changes. Because in this moment, the faithfulness of the first two servants doesn't show up in the last. The servant says, I was afraid. I was afraid of what might happen. He doesn't lose the master's money in fairness to this servant. The money's all still there. He doesn't lose it, but he doesn't use it either. He doesn't lose it, but he doesn't use it. So afraid to take and be faithful with what God had given him, this servant says, I couldn't do anything. Here it is. And the master responds, You wicked, lazy servant. Laziness being this idea of not investing what God has given us and being paralyzed by our fear. This laziness takes hold of us that we don't act when God calls us to act. 
and he has the servant's gold taken and him thrown out into the darkness. I want to be really clear that God is not looking to smite his people. God is not a God who enjoys smiting his people. He didn't give us the gifts he's given us, hoping that we will fail. He gives it to us, hoping that we will use it for his glory. Our God is not a God who wants to condemn. Our God is a God who wants to save. Our God is not a God who revels in our mistakes, but a God who longs for us to be his faithful people. And the servant doesn't do what he wanted him to do. I can't imagine the master is happy about this. Not because his money hasn't grown, but because his servant hasn't been faithful. And so this morning, what is it that you have been given? For some of us, we've been given a lot of money. And God has given that to you and trusts you with that money. What are you doing with that to honor God? For some of us, he's given us power and authority. What are you doing with that power and authority to bring honor and glory to God? How are you faithful with that? For some, he's blessed us with spiritual blessings, gifts of the Spirit to, to be prayer warriors, people who intercede on behalf of each other. What are you doing with those gifts that God has given you. God longs for his people to be faithful. And so this morning, whatever it is that you've been given, whether you've been given money or gifts or talents or time or whatever it is that you have, what ways are you finding to do good and to honor God with those things? God doesn't give them to you hoping you'll fail. He gives them hoping that you will be faithful. How does that look for you today? And how does that look for you this week? How will you be faithful to Christ with what he has given you? Well, if there is a, a way that we can help you this morning be faithful, we want to help you do it. If there are things that are weighing you down, that you're, ha you're struggling with, we want to pray for you with those things. We want to, if you haven't come to know Christ and haven't given him your time and your treasure and your energy, this would be a great time to be immersed into Jesus Christ. And if you have been immersed into Christ, but you haven't become a part of this body of believers, then this would be a great time to do that as well. We're going to stand and sing a song. We'd like to invite you to come and share those needs as we stand and as we sing.